Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. Our devotion today is a continuation of sorts from the last devotional on the ultimate meaning in our battle against sin. If you remember, the battle is a great indicator of our salvation. And we made a point that sinners, unregenerate people, they don't actually battle against sin even though they might reform a little bit, but they always revert to either defending themselves as righteous or condemning themselves, but they end up back defending themselves as righteous, or at least basically good. And Jonathan Edwards made the point in one of his sermons that sinners, when they hear about hell, they flatter themselves thinking that they are too good to be in danger of it. And that's a fret phrase of what he said, of course, in one of his sermons. But we also saw in Romans 8.1, just briefly, that Romans 8.1 encourages us that even in the battle with our sin, Romans 7 acknowledges that we have the battle. In the end, remember, he cries out, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he thanks Jesus for the battle. And then he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so today I wanted to share quickly the second part of the good news about our reaction to sin. Our reaction is one of repentance, and we can repent, which means turn and walk the other way, as the Holy Spirit leads. And he does lead us to do that very often. But there are times when, in the battle, because our flesh is weak, that the sin gets the better of us. When this happens, and it happens over and over again, the Lord disciplines us through trials and difficulty. He's in charge of all that, it's not always that, but he does discipline us. We read that in Hebrews 12. One of the verses says he scourges every son whom he receives. And that, of course, means ladies as well. But that's because he leads us and he has a purpose for us. So whether the Holy Spirit leads us to repentance or God leads us, he leads us, the Holy Spirit as well, leads us through trials. God is in control of that. But he does do that. We, we do repent. And repentance always begins with sorrow. The key to that, though, there is sorrow, and then there is regret, ungodly regret. And when we have that sorrow, it's actually counterproductive to punish ourselves. Jesus has already paid the price with his precious blood, Peter says. And because that's true, we don't have to punish ourselves, even though sometimes we might. And today we want to look at the difference between godly sorrow and its result, which is repentance, which leads to godliness, which leads to life, 
and ungodly sorrow, which leads to regret, but no true turning to God. And then we're going to look at the two most dramatic examples of each of those, one for each. And lastly, we will look at the glorious results of our true repentance and turning to righteousness. And that's going to be the focus of our gratitude in today's devotion. First then, on repentance, we read in 2 Corinthians 7.10, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So sorrow according to the will of God produces salvation, which is an assurance of our salvation. Now, if you'll remember, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is pretty harsh on them. And in this passage in 2 Corinthians 7, he talks about the fact that he knows he was hard on them, and he regretted it a little to begin with, but he doesn't regret it anymore because of the results it produces, which is repentance without regret. So there are those two sorrows, one that produces godliness, repentance, and salvation, and then the sorrow of the world, the sorrow of the world, which produces death. And we're going to take a look next at the examples. So the example first we're going to look at is the sorrow of the world, which produces death. And in this case, it quite literally produced death. In Matthew 27, we find that Judas is regretting. He's sorrowing with the sorrow of the world. And he goes back and he gives the leaders of Israel their 30 pieces of silver back. And verse 5 says this, And then he threw the pieces of silver into the sanctuary. They said they wouldn't take it. So he threw them into the sanctuary. And then he departed and went away and hanged himself. Like I said, in this case, the worldly sorrow led to death very specifically. Because that's what worldly regret causes. Sorrow, not repentance. And in this case, again, this was an extreme reaction to his sorrow, worldly sorrow and caused his immediate death. He hung himself. However, most of mankind does a variety of other things in their worldly sorrows. They Sometimes they set up idols to handle their regret. And those idols may be slower than hanging yourself, but they do lead just as surely to death, spiritual death. They react with selfishness, with narcissism. Sometimes they go to mind-altering substances, drugs or alcohol. Sometimes they just deny who they are. Sometimes they get angry and blame other sinners. Sometimes they manufacture meaning for their life. Instead of Christ turning to Christ, they turn to something else to make them feel better and give them meaning. Part of the environmental movement has truly become a religion on that basis. And then there are, of course, false religions. Politics, for some, has become a religion and a platform from which to make themselves feel better. So worldly sorrow does not lead to godliness. It eventually leads to death. If you're trusting in false religion or politics to save you, or that you're going to somehow save the world, the result will be eternal death for sure. And if you turn to drugs and alcohol, or anger at other sinners, or even denying who you are, that could lead to a slow death or a quick death. True repentance is typified by Peter. Remember, he had the same reason. In fact, I may have told you this before, but I think the reason Satan wanted to sift Peter, which Jesus tells Peter about before his crucifixion, is that the devil is so twisted in his thinking, 
shrewd but twisted, that he thought Peter might circumvent the will of God by killing himself. So Peter went ahead and denied Jesus. And Peter had to have heard, we've talked about this, I know we have, Peter had to have heard Jesus all the times he said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. So he had plenty of reason to be sorrowful. But as a man moved by the words of God, the love of Jesus, his sorrow turned out to be a godly sorrow. And we see in John 21, in verse 7, that after they went out for the night fishing, I'm convinced Peter thought he was done with any kind of ministry. So they went out fishing. They came back with nothing. Remember the Lord said, put the net on the other side, and they caught two boats full of fish, basically. And before they could get him back to shore, verse 7 says, that disciple therefore whom Jesus loved, that's John, the writer of the Gospel of John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And so when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. And he swam to Jesus. He went directly to Jesus. And so Peter, in his sorrow, in his godly sorrow, didn't run away from Jesus. He didn't hide. He didn't obfuscate his guilt. I think he tried a little bit to make himself feel better by doing something he could really do, which was fish. And when that didn't work and the Lord blessed him anyway, he threw off his outer garment and he dived into the sea and he swam to Jesus. And he ultimately got the results. True repentance or true sorrow leads to repentance, which leads to salvation. And we know from John 21, we have read this before, that Peter was restored to his rightful place. Jesus told him, remember those three times, feed my sheep. And so Peter's failure did not stop God's will for him. And the ultimate result we see in Hebrew, Hebrews 12. And this is such a wonderful verse. There are a lot of scary verses in Hebrews, but this is one of the most wonderful. Hebrews 12, 11 says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We do sorrow over our sin. We do sin. We make decisions that we shouldn't be making. But at the cross, our sins have been paid for. As we have faith in Christ, our sins have been paid. We do need to repent. We do need to turn back to God. But once we do, we can have that assurance of Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In baseball, there's a term. When a hitter takes the collar, what that means is he went hitless for the day. That's taking the collar. One of the things that baseball teaches is you set that beside, you set that game beside, and you go out tomorrow with a clean slate. And when we repent, truly repent before God, whether it's the result of conviction by the Holy Spirit or a trial that God takes us through, when we repent, the result is godliness and salvation, the assurance for sure of our salvation. So for our devotional today, we can give great thanks every single day to the God of our salvation, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we pick up from our failure, we repent, we turn around, pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us walk closely with Jesus. And as we humble ourselves, we will move closer to that sweet spot of being right next to the God of our salvation 
and our walk becomes better. We walk by the Spirit. Ponder that for a while. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Thank you once again for listening to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. We have been reminded over the last several weeks how important community is. Community is how you young people say it these days. In Fred's day, they called it fellowship. Fred and I would like to extend once again the invitation to expand our prayer community. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or would just like to dialogue over prayer, please remember, you can contact the podcast at freerangepreacher at gmail.com, Facebook, Free Range Preacher Ministries, Instagram, Free Range Ministries, Twitter, at Preacher Range, and for any voiceover needs, I'm at richarddurrington.com or email me at durringtonr at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. We're eager to hear from you. For Fred and myself, be blessed.